One day at a genius, right at noon, Logan showed up and decided to booze. Decided to show up without an ounce of food. And before he knew it, he was monster screwed. He got mashed, he got monster mashed. The monster mashed, he got graveyard trashed. He got mashed, he got the monster mashed. Graveyard trashed, he was super trashed. States of Paranormal, presenting October, a month-long event where these two teams will be delivering terrifying tales of positively adorable possessed dollies. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Hey, all you hitchers and drifters, welcome back to the United States of Paranormal Podcast, your weekly road trip around the United States covering all things cryptid, creepy, and paranormal, and it's still Dalltober going strong, and this week we've got Maddie telling us a story, but before we get into that, we're going to dive into what we've been up to and what we're going to be doing this week. Uh, it's me, again, Logan, to the right of me. Hey, it's Matt. And to the left of him. Bose. Oh, no, to the right of him. Fuck, I fucked up that triangle. To the left <laughs> of me. I'm painting a horrible word picture. But yeah, we're going strong. This is our third, third, yeah, third episode of Dolltober because so far we've done Robert the doll, we've done Jeremy's uh, hodgepodge doll of dolls, yeah. Yeah. and now we're on to Maddie. But we've done a few things since we last recorded, and had a few things pop up since we last recorded. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the fact that we were just talking about Trick or Treat getting a sequel. And how it's been in limbo forever, and then like less than a week after we record that episode, it's in it's heavy into development. This is like the third thing that we have spoken to existence. A bunch of things. Well, I just listened. I re-listened to episode zero the other day. Uh huh. And multiple things that we've talked about have just come to flourishion. First and foremost, on that episode, I talk about goosebumps. I was just talking to you guys about goosebumps the other day because yeah. it's the thirtieth anniversary for goosebumps. Uh, we talked about Killer Clowns in that episode, since Killer Clowns has a, a game coming out, and tons of products everywhere. Hell, and on October 13th, this week, we are going to be going to Poor Brothers Brewery to watch a live showing of Killer Clowns. Yeah, so if you're local, come on down. Come chat with us. Uh, what's the... Tell us we suck. What? Who are the people... Uh, name drop the people that are throwing the event. It is a partnership uh, with Boomtown Film Festival and Poor Brothers Brewery. Okay, yeah, definitely. We're going to be there. We're going to be bringing our uh, seven-foot-tall replica suck. of Slim from Killer Clowns. Yeah. But we, our first episode we did was about the Amons family. Shortly after that, the Amons family got a Netflix deal to where that's going to be a movie. Like I said, Killer Clowns. We talk about Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat's coming now, the sequel. Finally, that, that movie came out when I was in high school. Yeah, that was a uh, oh, man. That was such a All great right. film. That movie came back. came out whenever Xbox Live had Netflix parties. Yeah, and we could watch it. And the party. you could just stay at home with your friends and watch. Trick I wish or they'd treat. bring that feature back. That's such a great I feature. I loved that feature. Uh, on top of that, I mean, hell, there was the other day where me and Matt were just in the car, 
uh, shit talking the local Port Arthur movie theater because it's like, uh, who wants to go to that one? And he's like, and we were talking about like, once you sit in those comfy seats at a good theater, the recline, everything, you've been spoiled. You don't want to go back to normal. <laughs> and then just a few days after that, Matt gets handed a flyer and those seats are being converted to the fancy seats at the Port Arthur Mall one. So if you would like us to speak anything into existence for you, you can sign up for our cameo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Tucker and Dale 2. Tucker and Dale Well, you've already mentioned it, so maybe Tucker and Dale 2. We all, another thing that we've done and been to, we went to the monster release party at Ingenious Brewery in Houston uh, last week on Saturday. And fuck, I almost made it to all five monsters, but uh, I I tapped, I I got, I I was about to say I tapped out, but I got knocked out by uh, (laughs) the fourth monster. Yummy Mummy is a son of a bitch. That was a hell of a time, uh, and a hell of a recovery. Yeah, no, ooh. they were. Don't get me wrong. It was, the event was amazing. All the people that worked there were great to talk to. The people that we met there were great to talk to. The beers were amazing. They just, I don't, I don't eat breakfast. Uh, I'm not a lunch person. We rolled up there, rolled up right as they opened at twelve o'clock, and just went right to drinking and whew. They so what you're saying is, is you have a problem. Well, what I'm saying is I don't normally daydream, clearly. <laughs> uh, my favorite out of the ones I got to try, I didn't get to try Fruit Brut, so I mean, I don't get to give them the benefit of the doubt. My absolute favorite was the Franken-Froyo. Uh, I've had it before. This is the best that has ever tasted. It, it was, was good. It was awesome. It was good. I stand uh, Blueberry Fluff. It was, that was a great one, but. too. Uh, Mummy Yummy is a, is a mean son of a bitch. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about that one. Uh, oof. I'd it, say that one sneaks up on you, but I wouldn't call sprinting at you from behind with a two by four <laughs> yeah. sneaking. Oh, but no, it was a dope event. Uh, we had fun. I left with a amazing glass, and Matt left with a four pack of uh, blueberry fluff. Hell yeah, I'm saving well, that for Rinfest. Absolutely, look forward to going back to that. It's just that's the worst part about seasonal anything is just getting attached to it. And then it going away. Yeah, all the best drinks are seasonal. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts so bad because I would drink, I would drink, basically any of those religiously if it was available here in town. Absolutely. And the amount of craft beer like that you don't get to participate in because it's just not. First and foremost, we're in Texas. We can't have booze shipped out of state into state. Yeah. Like the other day, I was reading an article about uh, a beer that is the booze equivalent of Ecto Cooler. And I was like, oh, fuck, I would drink that. But it was like, it's, it's made out of state. And so it was just like, that's not an option. But it's just like, it's just cool. But it was a great event. Uh, the drinks were amazing. Like I said, the only bad part about it is, one, they stomped my ass. Two, uh, it's not available here regularly to us. But if you are in town, uh, it's up in like Humble, Houston area. Yeah. Um, about 70 mile drive for us. Um, check them out. They make great beer. The staff is amazing. The brewery itself is a great venue. They have amazing art there. Video games, like I said, I could not talk good enough about the staff themselves. We've had a lot of really good experience with breweries. That's kind of that's that's steadily becoming our niche is just hooking up with cool breweries and doing stuff with these with those guys. Well, you know, it's just people that made something they love into their profession, and that's kind of what we're aiming for. We're doing something we love, and hopefully one day it would be cool to be able to do it all the time. You know, but it, like I said, it was a great event. Um, I did not do the monster mash. I got monster smashed. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> um, 
trying to think what else we got coming up. I know we got some more movie events. We got we also still we have our live event at Poor Brothers Brewery on the 29th. Yes. And, 29th uh, of October. Yeah, stoked for that. That's 7 p.m. 7 Poor PM. Brothers Brewery in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, we've got some cool stuff that we're going to be bringing out to that. We're going to have a costume contest where there'll be a first and second place prize. Can walk away with limited edition uh, pint glasses. We'll also have koozies out there. So, I think, is there anything else? Like I said, 30th anniversary of Goosebumps. Anybody out there loves them some Goosebumps? Been out for 30 years now. Logan got so mad at us because he was on our uh, our podcast group chat asking what was everybody's favorite Goosebumps story. And Literally everyone else in the podcast was no, like... No, that's not true. Alicia was there with me, <laughs> oh, which I would hope because she works at a library. So. How does it feel that Alicia is your only ally on this subject? I tell you what, she is slowly becoming my favorite nerd at this rate. <laughs> Uh, no, but like Goosebumps was just a big part of, I mean, we talked about it in episode zero. It was just a huge, we, our generation had a lot of spooky for youth. Yeah, Goosebump you, was my big one. You remember when you tried to copyright and fringe for the name of our podcast? <laughs> for knockoff Goosebumps? <laughs> knockoff. I'm sure the person who created Eerie Indiana fucking loves you calling them knockoff Goosebumps. <laughs> that still has one episode that haunts me for the rest of ever. The fucking Tupperware kids. That was, that was haunting somewhere out there is a full-size prop of a tupperware that can fit children in it still it's gotta be <laughs> i would buy it i believe you and let my kids sleep <laughs> your kids would enjoy it yeah they would it becomes the timeout tupperware <laughs> time to go to bed go get in your tupperware <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we've got a lot of stuff coming up and like i said uh smack dab in the middle of daltober still and i'm loving it uh i'm in halloween in general let me tell you about I always talk shit about Starbucks. I never fuck with Starbucks. I never really fuck with pumpkin spice anything or anything like that. I normally, when I'm at work, I go to HEB to go snag stuff to bring home later on. And maybe I'll grab me uh, something that's like ready made at HEB to take home and or take to work and Get snack on. Get you some on. flaming chicken? Sure. Uh, oh, they don't do that at the Beaumont at HEB. Never no, they don't. Um, but I went to go grab my, I get, normally if I'm feeling low, I'll get like a monster coffee or something. A normal spot where I get my monster coffee, all out. But there's a coffee in there, and it's Starbucks, uh-huh. pumpkin spice something. It's like in an orange bottle. Yeah, I've had it. that before. I hate it. I grab it. Well, I, don't, I have a relationship with it now, and it's not a good one. <laughs> uh, I never drink that shit, uh-huh. so I don't know what it's supposed to be like. Uh, I start drinking it, and there's little bits in it. That doesn't sound right. Uh, well, I don't have a frame of fucking reference, so I'm like, maybe it's something. Mm, chewable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, then I get towards the end of it, right? I'm driving to the bank for work to drop off deposit, take my last big swig, and it is no longer little bits. It is two large bits in my mouth, and I am every fiber in my being trying not to Ralph in the work truck, I spit it back into the thing, and it instantly fucking hits me. You know, like, in, like, a horror movie or something, where the person finally has, like, the realization what's been going on the whole time, and they start seeing clips yeah. and everything? In my mind, it's like, I'm seeing a person take it out of the fucking cooler, walk around with it, decide they don't want it, leave it on a shelf, three hours pass, worker sees it, takes the warm thing with milk product <laughs> back in, puts it back in the cooler, Four hours later, Logan buys it and drinks it. And I was like, no. <laughs> also, I want to just point it out. You just uh, called out the name of your biographical. Two big things in your mouth. Two big things. You know, yeah. No, it was fucking. 
Well, I'll tell you what. That was my first Starbucks thing. That is my last <laughs> Starbucks thing. And I know it wasn't their fault, but that'll do it for you. Listen, listen. If you want pumpkin spice, stick with Bones. I'll start. Yeah, I'll start with anything. Huh? Do you know that they have... Good. This is going to sound like a sponsor thing again. Yeah. Do you know that they have pre-made canned ones now? They do? For two flavors. The unicorn, which I know is not your favorite. Uh-huh. And s'mori time. In cans. I mean, I'll try both. Oh, and they're supposed to be the cold ones. Supposed to be put in your refrigerator and everything. Cold brew. I want to try those. And I was like, oh, s'mori time in the refrigerator. Oh, no, I, was I like, can't have it. I'll get it. <laughs> I will absolutely get it. Oh, I also like the You know what? We should one. just bring it up here next time we record. No. I, I like the unicorn one, too. So I'll get either or. Put them in the fridge. I'll drink it. God knows you broke your fucking diet for the beer. Yeah, well, the trick... Let me tell you about... Yeah. Uh, I know we're not diving into the dolls and everything yet, but let me tell you about the utter disappointment of... Okay, so I slept with my head out a fully rolled down window <laughs> all the way back from Houston to uh, Port Arthur. And we get close to Port Arthur, and Matt's like, we're going to get some food. And I was like, okay. And the first thing I utter is like, I would... I could absolutely fuck up a beef and cheddar. But Matt was like, I was thinking more Taco Bell. And I was like, I'd do Taco Bell too. Let me talk about the level of disappointment that Taco Bell was. My fucking burrito tasted old. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, it was so fucking disappointing to be that hungover. And it just Ugh. not taste good. And the fucking Mexican pizzas do not taste the same. It tasted the same to me. The, yeah. I feel like the tortilla is different. And something else was different on it. It may like just the, been the, the crunchy thing. It was may it? have been just that experience at that taco. Mm-hmm. But Bell. I'll tell you what, that my burrito was definitely old. It did not oh, taste man. good. And I was so sad because I was that was the first thing I ate. I got all. a Mexican pizza and the grilled cheese burrito box. Oh yeah. That's... I didn't even eat the burrito. I uh, ate the tacos and the Mexican pizza. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to eat this. Yeah, no, I, I didn't finish either or, but I tell you what, I didn't really finish any of it because I, it did not last long after I got home, honestly. That was rough. That was all. Oh, fuck, that was good beer, though. That was good beer. And now, next time, you'll know to be a little bit prepared. I, I like I said, I don't ever eat breakfast, but I will definitely, if we ever have to go to an event where we're day drinking again, I will be... I will eat a breakfast, I will just, eat a lunch, and I will pace myself. Just chase it with some water. Hey, I need you to do me a big favor. Yes. Say breakfast. <sighs> I've been harassed about this by Caleb, our whole friendship. I can't. It is what it is. I don't even hear how I'm saying it. Now everybody in podcast land knows that I don't pronounce it right. Everybody I, in podcast land already knows. You've said it several times. I said I know. No, episode. I'm saying they know now because I've said it in this episode also, multiple times. No, no. Here's the thing. You. This is your first time acknowledging it. This has been an ongoing. No, I know. Everybody tells me I say it wrong. I have been suffering. I don't know what to tell you, dude. It's <laughs> because of how you say breakfast. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's my whole life. It's going to keep going that way. I also say crayon. I don't know what to tell you. There's other ones I do that I don't even know that you point out to me every now and then. I'm sure Kayla could tell you what they are. Caleb will definitely tell you what they are. So if you're compiling a list of the words that Logan mispronounces, feel free to email it to us at the United States of Paranormal at you, gmail.com. You think that's rough. You should see how I spell some things. Oh, no. That's the real whore. Oh, no. What was it? Alicia was like, that's the most, it, that she, the other day she said that was the best spelling she's ever seen of obnoxious ever. How <laughs> oh, I spelled it. I, I fuck up spelling words so bad to where autocorrect doesn't even fucking try. 
Because it, <laughs> it did not, it did not red flag right. my spelling of obnoxious at all. It was just like, right. Fucking spell check. Looked at it and kind of squinted a little bit, and it was like, I don't know what he's trying to spell. I'm gonna assume that he's got it. Though. <laughs> just see a little type out where the correction is supposed to be. It's like, ah, uh, uh, you know what? Fuck it. It's yeah, fine. Spell, just keep that spelling. Spell checks. Spell check with me is the dad that takes this this fucking training wheels off the bike and just like points the kid down a hill and he'd be like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's right right now. Grammarly is just like looking at Logan's spelling. It's just like over processing. He's like, kill me. Yeah. Grammarly's, Grammarly's like, you know what? You're not getting the free service. You need help. You're paying for it, dog. So, somewhere in a Grammarly server farm, a server has caught fire. <laughs> uh, and my team man is just like, how? <laughs> Uh, right, right. They they just got like one guy trying to figure out how it blew up, and so there's just someone obnoxiously searching for Logan. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> no, we'll always be that way. There, there's an IT guy with a vendetta against <laughs> you. Uh, but yeah, we'll digress from our fucking segues from hell, and we'll dive into this week's uh, oh. actual content. Somewhere out there, that guy that is... Uh, that gave us the negative review about like, do they even talk about spooky stuff? Because of our beginning thing is being justified right now. We we're probably yeah. like 30 minutes in and still haven't got to it. I'm kind of thinking oh, about 15 minutes in. It's not so bad. I'm thinking maybe we should start putting time codes for when we get into the story. In case yeah, there's people nice. who genuinely dislike us talking to Listen, each other, eh, but like them. the stories. Listen, ain't nobody here specifically only for the spooky with us. They know what they're getting and they're getting it. <laughs> and they're coming back for seconds. That's on them. You hear that, listeners? That's on you. <laughs> yes, clearly you're the problem. <laughs> yeah, gaslight just, our listeners. We're That's just, how we get we're us We're just big. enabling you. You keep coming back. <laughs> but like I said, this week it right. is Matt. So yeah. And I just my... want to point out, it only took us, what, 23, 24 episodes to gaslight our listeners? Mm-hmm. No, we've been doing it from the start. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Gaslighting's right. not a word. You made it up because you're <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> but I think we got her covered everything. Uh, I mean, right. we do have an event coming up with the call, guys. If we can ever lock down a time. Dirty sons of bitches. We allegedly have an event coming up with the call, guys. Yeah. Um, And like I said, we got... Yeah. We still got Alicia's story, which is going to be all of us together for the first time. But... Enough about that. Fuck all of them. Call guys and Alicia can go fuck themselves. <laughs> We're going to dive into Matt's episode now. So take it away, Ma'i. All right. So obviously we weren't going to get away with cool doing... story. I don't know why that was necessary. We literally just talked about this. See, I don't harass you when we do episodes. I just laugh yeah. uncontrollably. He harasses me. No, literally when I'm, when I'm presenting, he becomes antagonistic. <laughs> Otherwise, he's asleep. I've literally watched this motherfucker fall asleep while stories been presented. <laughs> All right, in my defense, I was drugged the fuck up. Continue with your story. Okay, so anyway, there was no way in hell we were going to do a Dolltober and get away with not presenting the story of Annabelle. The basic bitch of the haunted dolls. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the arguably most famous because it's the one that everybody knows, probably just because of the movie. Uh, which I guess she originally showed up in The Conjuring? Yep, and then she's been in every fucking Conjuring universe movie 
ever yeah. one way or another. Okay, so I have a question because I've never watched the Conjuring films. Okay, she shows up in the Conjuring. Is the Conjuring about her, or does she just happen to be there? Yes, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Conjuring is about the Conjuring movies are about different haunts that Ed yeah. and Lorraine have gone to, but they literally have a fucking shoehorn that is Annabelle. And they're like, this has nothing to do with Annabelle, but they're like, let's cram this little bitch in here. <laughs> Every one of the movies, because first and second have nothing to do with Annabelle. Yeah. It's all. been a while since yeah. I've watched the conjuring films. If I remember right in their universe, Annabelle is literally possessed by like Satan or some it's, higher it's level. A different, demon. Uh, it's a different, it's a, if it's a demon and everything, it's an Annabelle. Uh, and in the first movie, uh, they're dealing with the haunting of... I fucking forget the name of the haunting. It's a big one. Uh, but they do a little segue where they show Ed and Lorraine doing what they do, which is colleges talking about their stuff. Yeah. And they talk about the Annabelle case. And then that keeps harkening back to showing Annabelle every now and then. Second movie, the same thing, but Annabelle starts kind of like fucking with their daughter. It's a little subplot. Then Annabelle got her own movies, and Annabelle did the weird thing to where the first Annabelle, Annabelle movie was absolute trash <laughs> and then the sequel was actually decent so it was like the weird like i don't know how you got to the sequel with the first one being as as it yeah. was well but so, the second one was better and then the next one was good too but she shows up in all of them yeah so is annabelle is the first annabelle film the actual story of annabelle or is it i say actual obviously move it the that's the that's the funky part is that annabelle's actual origin like the real origin, like stuff you're going to dive yeah. into is never really the plot of the movies. The Annabelle, the first Annabelle movie I think is literally called Annabelle origins. And it tells their idea of like the, the movie producers idea of like what maybe made that doll, what it is in the first oh. place. It's not the case of the people that actually gave them to the, gave her to the Warrens and everything. Yeah. It's that. And then the next movie is like a prequel, prequel to that. That's like, this is where Annabelle really started. And like, just like it harkens yeah, back. And then I, the third Conjuring movie is actually about the Warrens. Museum? Or, or is it, it's not even the third Conjuring movie. It is the third Annabelle movie. I think it's Annabelle Come Home or something like that. And it's a movie about the Warrens' house. Yeah, I've, I've And a babysitter's buddy fucking coming in there and fucking touching everything in the no-no room and everything <laughs> being like, all right, we're going to fuck this bitch up all at once. And Annabelle is sprinkled in there too. So it's it's weird. Like I said, she manages to find her way in every one of the fucking movies, basically. I've only seen The Nun once, and I think she is... I think there's a brief thing of her in The Nun. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. she's literally... Maybe she's not in La Llorona, or whatever the hell. The movie about the white woman uh -huh. is technically a Conjuring-verse movie. But I don't think she's in that one. But yeah, it's a weird... It's a weird one. I like some of the Conjuring movies. I was a fan of the first one. Second one was meh. The, the Woman in White, the La La Rona or whatever one, I did not like. First Annabelle movie was really fucking bad. I got on a, I found a YouTube series. I forget the name of the series now, but I, I found a YouTube series that they broke down a lot of monsters from horror films. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I got into some of the, the Conjuring stuff. They were talking about uh, several, like specifically Annabelle and like how her stats work and stuff. In terms of the movies, not mm -hmm. talking about the or, the actual story of Annabelle, but just talking about different movie monsters. They've also he has a series over 
the creature from Jeepers Creepers and yeah. a bunch of different horror films and stuff. It was a really cool YouTube series, and I was watching that for a while. Uh, I was on a little tear watching that type of stuff. But My favorite part of those movies are the actors that play Ed and Lorraine. I really enjoy them, and I think they do a good job. Um, they're nothing to write home about. They're nothing that's super fantastic, and I'll be all. People clearly love them. It's got their, its own universe. The Nun is getting a, nun, a sequel. Yeah. I And I really feel like The Nun was probably one of the weakest movies in the franchise other than the first Annabelle movie. Personally. Well, I mean, it's that's one, also favorite. one of those things where people are trying to tie all the movies together. There's like a connected lore between well, everything. It's crazy so. that they've done all these movies and they're still some of the biggest haunts that the Warrens have ever done have not been a, a movie on their own. I mean, hell, it's the Warrens and there is no Amityville one with the Warrens. Well, that, that I mean, it's probably because Amityville may still be tied up in licensings well, with mean, the other they, movies. They, I mean, the Amityville is one of those things where there are so many movies about Amityville because you can't hold the license on the the house. You can't hold a license on a story about the house. And not to mention, you know the Warrens have rights. The Warrens estate has rights to that, too, because... The well, Warrens work the, there and stuff. Wait, does the Warrens have the rights to the story, or does the family have the rights? I think it's a bit of both because the oh. Warrens did write a story about it too. Yeah, but they wrote it with the permission of the family. So I it was co-written with the family. They also like name drop it. One of the things, like at the end of one of the Conjuring yeah. movies, they're like, "We got a call about a house out in Long Island," and you're like, "Oh, you sons of bitches!" Nine years later, it was still nothing. <laughs> so who knows? But yeah, go ahead. Okay, so anyway, just like with Robert the Doll. So many different stories about Annabelle that it kind of just feels like people start making stuff up just for the sake of entertainment. And I went, I listened to a bunch of different podcasts and read a bunch of different websites and YouTube videos. And I tried to find a book from Ed Warren to discuss it. And there might be a book, but I couldn't find any. So if you know of a book, feel free to email the United States of Paranormal at gmail.com and let me know so I can pick it up and read it sometime. It's the it's the the telephone the game telephone effect where one person told a story, then that person story gets told to a person and gets told to a person and it changes. Like it starts yeah. off like, hey Kyle caught a frog. Uh then it's hey Kyle got a dog and then by the time he gets to the end of the ladder like hey Kyle fuck the dog <laughs> you know and then just like at that point you're like did Kyle catch a frog did he get a dog or did he fuck the dog <laughs> and then everybody's telling a different yeah. story and everybody has a way different and, opinion of Kyle and I mean I expressed my frustration when I was uh researching this to you because I couldn't get any straight answers or anything that I felt like I was afraid of misrepresenting things because of hearing things differently from different people and then you recommended of course that there were actually interviews with the Warrens about the case. So I watched the interviews I could find and the interviews, like the, the, the stuff they say from the interviews has some very different details from every story that I heard. I, the things he said in that interview, I had not heard in any of the sources. And so I'll explain some of those differences as I go through and read my initial write up because I, uh, I just wrote last minute in pencil, on top of it, the changes. Yeah. So these these corrections, and I'll point them out when we get to them, they are straight from the horse's mouth. They are from Ed Warren. Yeah. So The only way you can get more honest stuff from that would to be get it from the owner of Annabelle. Yeah, to talk themselves. To talk with the family, and they will not. I don't know they're still alive, but at the time of the interview, they were saying that they would not speak to anybody about it they didn't want anything to do with the doll well yeah you don't 
especially, we talked about it multiple times back then, in the heyday of that era, you've got the families left and right that came out about their paranormal happenings and everything, and the Warrens blew them up. Like, but, I mean, they had to back then to get the involvement of the church yep. and everything because the Catholic Church was on the heels of exorcisms going south and everything. So to get the approval, like, you literally had to be like, yo, look at me, send my flares out, which is television. Yeah, that I mean, did not pan out well for any of those big families. It tore families apart. It brought all sorts of hateful fucking comments and media circus to their lives. Yep. Most of those cases ended with those people moving far the fuck away and families breaking up. So, I mean, you can't really blame them for... And also, on top of that, you want to separate yourself from it and not talk about it because I've set, stated it multiple times on the podcast. The less energy you put into it, the less likely you're going to have to deal with it yeah is how i personally believe exactly uh so anyway our story starts in 1970 uh sometimes i see 1971 i have no clear answer but it's either 1970 or 1971 angie was looking for a unique graduation gift for her 28 year old daughter donna who had just finished nursing school angie settled on an old raggedy ann doll she found at a local hobby store Donna was receptive to the doll uh, and appreciated it as a fun gift. She would bring the doll to the dinner table, making jokes about the doll, eating with them, and the doll being a person. The fun, however, only lasted a few days. Here's where our first correction really comes from. Every story stated that the mother and daughter lived together. Every story I saw. Mm -hmm. According to Ed Warren, the mother didn't live with the daughter. Her part in this story ends at her getting the doll for her daughter, who actually lived with Donna. Was her yeah, yeah it was nursing a, roommate? It, yeah, it was a it was a coworker. Yeah, that lived with her. To every t- retelling of the story, I kept coming across. They kept saying the mother lived with her, and that the coworker was just a friend. Yeah, no, is it, the, the way I know it and have known it is that she worked with a one of a person that went to school for the same thing she did. And they live together. Yeah, That's exactly. What heard. Also, for our listeners, to clarify, you heard Matt say that she was a Raggedy Ann doll. That's another thing that the Conjuring universe definitely changed. I don't know if they changed it because of Raggedy Ann doll's copyright. And maybe the Raggedy Ann doll company was like, no, we don't want you showing our doll as a scary thing. Or if they were like, that's not scary enough. But well, she seems about like a two foot tall raggedy and doll two maybe even like three foot she's yeah, a big she's, around she's two a foot. big bitch um, i also would like to go ahead and correct myself real quick um she was not an old raggedy ann doll some people try to say that she's old but based on the photos and stuff she probably came like that version of the raggedy ann doll probably came out a year yeah. before this she's, happened she's old now <laughs> yeah she she's old, old now then. but she wasn't a some people tr- try to say it was an antique store and she found an old doll the doll wasn't old. The doll was probably a brand new Raggedy Ann doll because uh, it always, the stories all, for the most part, specify a uh, antique store. Not antique, I'm sorry, a, uh, a hobby store, not yeah. an antique store. So yeah. they're not going to be selling yeah. well, it's an antique Raggedy Ann doll. Some of that probably too yeah. is, is just, it's an old story now. And so people, people associate Raggedy Ann dolls as being old. They, well, like, to be fair, because she is now. Like, yeah. yeah. And now this story the is... <laughs> I mean, if this started in, the, in 1970, that's 52 years ago at this point. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like Jeremy. He was new in, in the 70s, and now he's old as shit. Oh, yeah. Honestly, he's probably possessed by uh, 
a spirit or something at this point. Um, his own spirit. Yep. As he has yeah. slowly died inside over the years. <laughs> it's all that dust. Hey, Jeremy, if you have any problems with us ragging on you, feel free to email us at the United States of Paranormal <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, he threatened to dox me. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a reason to dox you. Right. If anybody has any complaints about our podcast, let me get you Jeremy's number real quick. <laughs> His address is... <laughs> I know all of that info, too, but I'm not a rap bastard. Oh, we're going to start an actual gang war <laughs> between us and Indiana. Oh, we know, we know who wins. <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> so anyway, they started to notice oddities in regards to the doll. Donna would leave it sitting somewhere in one position uh, when leaving for the day, and when she would return the doll would be in another position. When this started, they would, both girls would kind of assume that it was the other girl who was doing it to mess with them because they worked in two different shifts. So they'd assume that before they left for their shift, they would alter the position that the doll was in and uh, they'd Kind of like what I used to do with, with Tony with his Sonic the Hedgehog that oh he my, had. Yeah, that Sonic... I still remember the first day you moved into that apartment with him and you hung it from the ceiling fan. Tony walked in his room. It was this big fucking Sonic plush that he spent way too much money on winning at a fucking carnival. And he, I found it and I walked into his room and I hung Sonic by his neck from the ceiling fan. And the worst part is, is he's one of those fucking carnival Sonics. So he stuffed horribly. So when he hung from the ceiling fan, he looked like a dead body. He's, <laughs> his arms and neck were limp. He's just sitting there dangling from the ceiling fan. I hear Tony go up there and go, what the fuck? Well, you also put a suicide note on its chest. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the quality of life that Sonic had, he probably would have killed himself. <laughs> or the, some rat bastard, while we were uh, had journalism with Caleb as a kid, people would constantly move Caleb's purple Pikmin that he had, that he made. Uh-huh. And he put a squeaker in and one day it just disappeared. And we were convinced that like somebody fucking just stole it. Uh-huh. And then uh, months later, we went to move a mini fridge and opened up the freezer and the Pikmin was in the fucking freezer. And the worst part was, is Caleb was like, oh, there he is. And he goes to squeeze him and the squeaker just goes. <laughs> <laughs> so they would lay her down with limbs straight only to later find the doll sitting with its arms or legs crossed uh, or in other various positions. That's just one example. Over time, the movement escalated and they would find the doll in different places in the room or even in different rooms entirely. Sometimes they would find it standing upright despite not having any support to hold it up. Yeah, no, you get rid of it at that point. If a Raggedy Ann doll is standing straight up, you've got fucking problems. Yeah. You can barely get those things to sit up straight against a fucking wall. That bitch is standing up on its legs. You move. Yeah. No, you. Th- there is no structure to a Raggedy Ann doll. At all. That is literally the gimmick of the Raggedy Ann that doll. That is the reddest of all the flags to owning a Raggedy Ann doll. It's yeah. standing up. It's haunted. <laughs> Either that or there is something living inside of it. Either way, it's not good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, eventually, the two girls started working the same shift and would still notice irregularities with the doll. Uh, aside from the obvious standing up straight eventually they began to fear that somebody was breaking into the house Wall uh, people, and moved the doll to scare them understandable fear yeah and they would place it around so they would place markers of some kind i never got any kind of clarification of what kind of what they would use but they would place stuff around windows to mark that would have been a marker if somebody had gotten into the house or not 
of course, there was no change. Now, there is another person who may or may not have been living with them. I really, again, one of those things that I kept seeing different takes on what this is. But it was a gentleman by the name of Lou. Some people said that he was friends with the girls. Some people said he was a boyfriend. For his company type deal. Lou is engaged, according to Ed Warren, Lou is engaged to one of the girls. I could not figure out who. If you know, uh, I apologize. Feel free to email us at the Lou, United States. Lou, if you're out there, heat us up at the United States Paranormal at gmail.com. Let us know. Was it a threes company type deal, dog? Or was yeah. it a fours company? Was he banging the raggedy hand all too? If Lou's out there. Maybe yeah. that's why I was standing up. It was just stiff. Yeah. <laughs> no, if Lou is out there, Lou needs to get in touch with us because I would love to get. You old as shit, Lou. <laughs> I would love to get some stories from Lou, uh, as we'll see here in a few minutes. Uh Lou had been living with the two ladies at this time as well. Uh, Unlike Angie and Donna, he disliked the doll from the beginning, and as things began to escalate, claimed that the doll was evil. He requested that Donna get rid of the doll on multiple occasions, but that warning was never heeded. Eventually, things escalated further. After about a month, they started to find messages left on parchment paper. Nobody in that house had parchment paper! Lou's like, alright, who's writing the fucking letters... And sticking around the house in Cran that says, fuck Lou, or Lou likes Wang. It's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) The messages would read things like, help us, and help Lou. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Help Lou. And he was like, oh, why why does it say help Lou? It's like, no, Lou, you're missing it. You got to fold it to get the whole message. Help Lou. Move the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Annabelle. (laughs) No, fuck you, Lou. (laughs) Uh, The messages appeared to be written by what looked like a small child. Uh, The stranger part about these notes was that everyone claimed there was no parchment paper in the house and did not know where it came from. Honestly, if you found parchment paper in your house, would you even know where the hell you'd be able to buy parchment paper? Hobby Lobby. Same place you got the doll, the hobby store. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, you can get parchment paper at Hobby Lobby. I have purchased parchment paper at Hobby Lobby. So why are you asking? I was asking you to! I don't know what the fuck parchment paper is, really, so... (laughs) I wouldn't know where to fucking buy it. No, the question it is, like. is, is it just it fancy actually, paper? Did she actually, was it like. It is fancy paper. Filled out with like quill and uh, inkwell and no, have like a like wax was, seal on it. No, it looked like it was drawn by a small child. Did you not listen to what I said? A small child can still use a quill. Fuck off. Fucking quill. You're a grown ass <laughs> man and I bet you can't use a quill. Who wrote Get the Fuck Out Lou and Peanut Butter on the floor? <laughs> Is that shit? Did somebody <laughs> shit on this nose? The fucking doll, man. <laughs> Why is it right? I'm about to raggedy fucking up. <laughs> what was it? Oh my god. Oh, I'm not going to say one of the names. It's from Dragon Ball Z Bridge. Uh, what Vegeta called the androids. I'm not going to say what he called. <laughs> I'm not going to say we called 17, but he called 18 on the Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. I'm not saying what he called 17, because it was not cool. <laughs> uh, she just gets that sigh and just... I'm, I'm going to break, break his arm. arm. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good show. One night, the messaging came to a climax when Donna came home and entered Gross. her room to find the doll laying on her bed. Was this? it like seductively on her bed? Like leave Lou. Like, this is where you need to over be. Over on the side, like a French girl. 
This time, the doll has small <laughs> red drops on the back of its hands and on its chest. All I can think now is Annabelle laying on the bed. She comes in, the door closes behind her like in a spooky movie, but then all of a sudden, music comes on. I was like, baby, lock the door and turn the lights down <laughs> low. Some candles just light up. <laughs> Roses uh, are on the bed. Of course, Donna, uh, Donna and her roommate believed that the drops to be blood this made them nervous so they decided to contact a medium maybe she isn't on the raggedy ann doll no the question is they came home to the doll and blood why isn't their first instinct like maybe we should get rid of the doll their first instinct should be where is lou (laughs) (laughs) oh god she finally did it (laughs) like like I don't know about you, but my friend, I'm not going to just call a medium. I'm going to get rid of the fucking doll. We're jaded, though. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. She liked the doll. Why don't you... Why are you bullying the poor haunted doll? <laughs> it's got feelings, you know. Haunted feelings. Uh, so the medium arrived, and the three people performed a seance. During the process, the medium related the story of a young girl found dead in a field where the apartment now stands and had attached herself to the doll. The medium claimed the girl's name was Annabelle Higgins and that she meant them no harm and just wanted to be cared for and loved. It's a trap. Feeling compassion for the little girl's story. Donna uh, and her that, roommate. That's, the, that's their first flaw right there. They have compassion. No, their first flaw is not getting rid of it the first time it <laughs> <Yeah>. stood upright. <laughs> Donna and her roommate, and I put this in bold, gave the doll, uh, gave the girl permission to no! inhabit the doll this, and stay okay, with this them. This is the perfect dark opportunity to harken back to the whitest kid you know, Abraham Lincoln skit. This is right where Abe would be like, now you fucked up. Now, <laughs> now you, you fucked, fucked up. up. You have fucked up now. <laughs> If you are... Don't possess my doll. Oh, it's possessing my doll. If you are familiar with a lot of haunt stories, usually inviting something in is a major Which at this point, if you're listening to the podcast, you better be fucking familiar with some haunted story. (laughs) Rule number one, don't fucking invite anything to do nothing. Rule number two, don't own a Ouija board. Rule number three, Raggedy Ann doll stands the fuck up. It needs to stand the fuck up out on the fucking curb. <laughs> Get it out your house. Rule number four. Jeremy's old. Continue, Matt. Excuse me. So, after this, the two girls started to do things like buy clothes for the doll, ribbons for the doll, <sighs> and always making sure that the doll was placed somewhere nice whenever they would leave for the day. Like, how do, how do people just not know this? Like, this goes back to even, like, German folklore, where they're like... Don't invite the spirits in. Or don't make deals with spirits. Whistle at night. Yeah. Nothing that inviting a spirit to fucking deliverance your ass. Let's not. Yeah. So at this time, Lou, our good buddy Lou, poor Lou, Lou. had a very different experience. I like to think that Lou's there being like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Stop telling it. It can live in the yeah, based on this story, it seemed like Lou was probably gaslit pretty hard. I feel bad for Lou. It's like, yo. Well, they're not telling Lou the full story. Is well, they, told, they told Annabelle she could inhabit the doll. 
while they prep Lou's body for Annabelle to make the big move to Lou. <laughs> no, I could just see them right there. They're they're talking to the doll. It's okay, little girl. You can come in. We'll get, we'll we'll feed you. We'll clothe you. And Lou's just like, what the we'll, fuck we'll are get you, you a, doing? We'll get you a nice starter possession with the doll, and we'll move you up to prime real estate with Lou. <laughs> just let us work. <laughs> and Lou's over. just yeah. standing in the corner like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> so during this time, Lou started having frequent nightmares. <laughs> Poor Lou. And would often find the doll staring at him. Lou goes to use the can. Annabelle's standing there behind the fucking curtain in the shower and just slowly moves it open with her Muppet ass hand. <laughs> Man, it's starting to watch me pee. <laughs> this is not all right. No, she's nice. She's a sweet girl. She writes fuck off Lou. And what I can only assume is either peanut butter or duty. <laughs> it's not all right. How does the doll take a shit? <laughs> Either y'all are working with the doll, or there's more going on with this doll than you think. Either way, it's not cool, man. So, Lou started to claim that he heard voices uh, from another room. As he entered the room, he found Annabelle sitting in a chair upright with a black cat sitting next to her. The now cat- she's bringing pets yeah. in the house. Did they pay a deposit for a pet? The next moment, the cat began to vanish before his eyes. Ghost cat. Oh. See? Exactly. You give a mouse a cookie, it's gonna fuck your wife. That's the plot. 100%. They gave the mouse a cookie, now it's inviting its ghost friends in, it's bringing in ghost cats. What kind of litter do you have to buy for a ghost cat? I'm just saying. So from here, things got worse for Lou. God, son of a poor... Lou's not alive anymore. Let's be honest, Lou probably lived a short life from stress. One night, he awoke from a nightmare, unable to move. Oh, no. That's never good for men in our stories about <laughs> ghosts. Please don't be diddled. When he looked oh, down. the rug burn from that. <laughs> <laughs> Just raggedy in, sticking a raggedy arm. Oh, no, there. no. You stop right there. When he looked down, he saw Annabelle at his leg. <laughs> no! She worked her way up his body. No! Until she got to his then chest. The door into the last. <laughs> Until she got to his chest and began strangling him. Oh, oh God, you, you, you start with an better. S, and I thought you were about to say stroke him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, he's going to have to go to a burn ward for his junk. How did you get these friction burns? I want to talk about it. <laughs> Unable to move, Lou back, uh, blacked out and woke the next morning thinking he had, had to have been a dream until he noticed marks around his neck. This was not the worst encounter for Lou. Oh, God. Oh, ghost diddles. One day, uh, he heard while home alone what sounded like voices and rustling coming from a bedroom. Thinking it was someone breaking in, he entered to investigate. When he entered, he found Annabelle sitting in a corner, staring at him once again. At this time, he felt a presence of someone standing directly behind him. Yeah, this is when Lou turned around and Annabelle's like, meet my friend, Robert the Doll. And Robert's like, hey, <laughs> that's a nice name you got there, Lou. Be a shame if somebody took it and slapped your mom on the ass. <laughs> uh, when he turned around, he instantly grabbed for his chest, finding himself in immense pain. Lou's shirt immediately began to stain with blood, and he discovered multiple cuts across his chest. God, Lou's getting done dirty. And he wasn't the one that, uh, it's, he didn't invite it in, and he's still getting fucked. Now, fortunately, 
After this event, Donna and her roommate conceded that the spirit must not be good and contacted a local Episcopal priest, Father Hegan. Father Hegan, feeling a higher authority needed, then contacted Father Cook. Could you imagine if Father Hegan walked in there and they're like, this is the doll, this is the problem. He's like, don't worry, I've got a solution for it. He opens a window. He just picks up the doll and throws it out the window. <laughs> Which, like, that should be there. It's like, bing, bang, boom. It's done. <laughs> Which I didn't write Father Cook's first or whole he's, name down. Uh, he's one of the ones that helps the Warrens. Yeah, like he's in multiple. Of, if you're uh, getting the Wiggins, call the Higgins. So here are some part. here are some things that are kind of strange. Several stories I read said Father Cook. In the interview I watched, he said Father Nolan. Uh, so that's all. That's another discrepancy uh, now, between when I did my original write up and after listening to the. Uh, and now that could also be because the when they're working with the Vatican, they're working with multiple priests. So it could be that there was a Father Cook, Father Higgins, Father O'Malley, Father Henry. Who fuck yeah. knows? So yeah. So this father was friends with Ed and Lorraine Warren, who of course took up the case. The Warrens met with Donna and Angie and immediately explained that the doll was not possessed uh, by a spirit, that God does not let the spirit of ch- uh, spirits of children uh, possess objects. No, but if they're not baptized, he's okay with sending them to the purgatory. <laughs> they concluded that the doll was likely being manipulated by a demonic entity. Surprise, surprise! Considering a lot of what we've already heard was happening around the house fits with several of other of our uh, demonic like, possession worry. cases. Don't worry. It can't possess those things unless somebody gives it the right to. And nobody would be that fucking... St- what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> Lou would be like, I fucking told him not to! No. Uh, it and- did things to me. <laughs> so the Warrens informed them that they were in this the oppression phase <laughs> of demonic possession. The four stages being infestation, oppression, obsession, and finally, possession. The Warrens explained that in inviting the spirit to inhabit the home, empowered it, and allowed it to quickly elevate from the infestation stage to oppression. Yeah, and they're like, but the trick is here, there's three people living here, so we have to figure out who it's trying to attack. And they're like, it's Lou. <laughs> Lou's just in the corner, just <laughs> in the fetal position. Uh, and the Warrens, the Warrens stated that had things gone on for a few more weeks, it was very likely that everyone in the house would have been harmed or killed. I can guarantee you I know who would have went out first, though. <laughs> yeah. Cowboy Lou. At the conclusion of their investigation, the Warrens called for the father to perform an Episcopal blessing of the home on the property. So this is interesting. This was something I was doing a lot of research on once I had heard about it. So this is not an exorcism. No. Uh, for, an ex- uh, for an exorcism is removing an evil spirit from the body. This blessing instead imbues the property with God's energy. After the conclusion of the blessing, the Warrens were prepared to return home, and at the behest of Donna, the Warrens also agreed to take the doll back with them. I will say, I was looking at some uh, documentation that the Episcopal Church puts out about the rituals and stuff they do in the home. I actually looked into what a blessing of the home was, because I was really curious about that. Uh, and it was uh, several several documents I found well, explaining, like, when they use minor rites, or when they use uh, the rites, 
and when they use like the blessings of the home. Well, so like I know, like when we when I was talking about the Smurl family and when the Catholic Church got involved, the Catholic Church at that time was like hesitant to do full on exorcisms of yeah. the property. But so what they'll do a lot of times because they don't need formal permission is they would bless the house at the time. Yeah, exactly. Or do minor rites periodically, like the exorcism light. To- yeah, and I don't know how different uh, denominations of the Catholic Church, uh, how they differ the type of rituals that they perform. Uh, this was just specifically in regards to the Episcopal Church uh, that I had been looking into. And so, yeah, what, what, so a lot of times in media, when you see like them walking around the house with the incense and going room to room, that is a blessing of the home yeah. that's being performed. A in in the Episcopal churches, things they do to the body, and also I don't know that these are for explicit exorcisms that they do these things. They're usually in regards to prepping someone for baptism. Uh, they remove, I guess, minor evil entities for the sake of prepping the body for uh, baptism. Very interesting stuff. A little bit of an interesting read there. The Warrens buckled the doll in their back seat and agreed to take only back roads as they returned home to Monroe, Connecticut, in case the spirit still remained with the doll and tried to manipulate the car into harming them. Unsurprisingly, it became obvious the spirit was still in the doll as they could feel a deep hatred coming from the back seat. The return home was perilous as the doll wreaked havoc on the car. Repeated, uh, repeated loss of power steering... The brakes would stop working, and the car would swerve repeatedly at the most inopportune times. Eventually, Ed had enough and had reached into his bag, pulling out a vial of holy water, dousing the doll, and allowing them to make it home safely. Why not start with that? (laughs) Right? Or, I don't know, out the window into a river. So, because <laughs> then you end up with a soggy ass ran, raggedy and doll showing up at your house at twelve o'clock at night. Yeah. So when they brought the doll home, they just kept it in their house like it was just a conversation piece. They would just put it like on the couch or places around the house. So uh, once home, the doll began its previous shenanigans, moving from room to room. It was also doing things such as levitating from Ed Warren's desk chair. When the Warrens would leave the house, they would lock the doll in an outer building, only to find the doll back inside the house as they returned. The doll would also cause havoc for guests to the house. Father Jason Bradford, while visiting the Warrens, dismissed the doll, telling it, You're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what uh, you should do. Jackass. She'd probably like, bet. <laughs> You fixing to find out. <laughs> On his way home that night, Father Jason's brakes failed as he was nearing a busy intersection. It wasn't even a paranormal thing. Annabelle just walked out there with some wire snips and was like, all right, yeah. bitch, just a dog, right? <laughs> Wild card! <laughs> yeah. uh, and he was in a near-fatal accident totaling his brand new car that he was at the Warren's house to show off the car to the Warren's. Oh, that bitch is vindictive. Don't start, no, won't be none. Oh, Annabelle loves fucking with people's cars. <laughs> if it's not obvious to, yet. She didn't go to trade school to become a mechanic for nothing. <laughs> that was the mechanic variant of Annabelle. <laughs> Eventually, Ed and Lorraine Warren had a wooden case built to house Annabelle. 
colored with stain, infused with holy water and holy oil. It has St. Michael's and the Lord's Prayer carved into the wood and a sign that reads, Warning, positively, do not open. They had a prayer said to keep the demonic spirit inside. I just picture her on a wall. I was like, in case of emergencies. (laughs) (laughs) Since then, the doll has remained in the case. However, its shenanigans had not stopped. The case was out on display in the Warren's Occult Museum. At one point, a man and his girlfriend came to check out the museum. And while there, the man was repeatedly tapping on the glass window. And Goldfish rules apply, dog. Don't fucking knock on the glass. Yeah, and he would egg the doll on, demanding the doll to scratch him. Ed, of course, did not appreciate this, and he forced the couple to leave. They had shown up on a motorcycle. So shortly after they had left, the young man was killed as his motorcycle got wrapped around a tree. Yeah. Annabelle's waiting down the road with a fucking broomstick ready to shove it in the spokes yeah. of his motorcycle. The woman that was with the man was in the hospital for over a year. Unfortunately, the museum is indefinitely closed due to zoning violations. Yeah, because it was in the fucking basement of their house. Yeah, and neighbors finally got fed up with all of their the... shit. Well, Listen, no, if your dog the- comes over to my house and cuts my brakes one more fucking time. <laughs> no, so get this. The neighbors aren't fed up with the spooky shit. They're fed up with all the people coming to see the museum. Oh, yeah, it's because it's the same thing of anybody running a business out of their house illegally. Yep. Your neighbors get fed up because their parking spots are blocked or all the looky-loos. Yeah, so they, uh, I guess neighbors eventually got fed up. It was like, no, 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 we're not doing this anymore. I, guess, I would assume it was the conjuring that made this such a problem. I bet it made... Annabelle so famous that so many people started going to their museum that it started pissing off the neighbors. But unfortunately, uh, like I said, they're dealing with. I mean, it may have also been the bodies they had to peel out of the trees monthly. I have seen nothing stating that it's going to reopen. So I mean, they would have to rezone the area or move. One of their nephews, because both Ed and Lorraine are. Gone now. Yeah. One of their nephews owns the majority oh. of all it. I, I've heard some yeah. stories about him now. Yeah. Well, he will. Uh, well, because he, uh, not to step on Maddie or anything, but like he is the one that Annabelle had, like you said, after they put her in the case, she stayed in there. Yeah. He took her out of the case. And if he is a true believer, believer in the paranormal and believed in what his uncle and his aunt said, he really went against their, their wishes. And he took Annabelle out, and not only took her out, he took her on a fucking airplane. He made Zach Bagans buy her and him a first-class ticket to fly out to Vegas to go to the museum. And that's where Zach did the fucking famous touch the doll when the guy very adamantly was like, don't do it, don't do it. And all of the listeners out there, do me a favor and go watch that clip. Because all of Zach's people that are working with him, the guy is in a control room, not in the room with Zach and the mm-hmm. doll. And the guy keeps saying, don't do it. Don't, he better not touch that doll. And all of his crew are saying, don't touch it. And Zach's like, I just want to touch it. I just want to touch it. And then they have heat sensing cameras on it. And Zach clearly reaches over and touches her foot. And it leaves a heat impression on it. And it pissed that guy off so bad where he went there, got his rubber gloves out, put Annabelle back in the bag and left. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. That's a... Uh... I mean, if it's one it's hilarious game. to watch, though. Like, it had us laughing hardcore because Zach is literally stroking out. He's like, I do it. <laughs> and they're like, don't do it, Zach. He's like, oh. So, yeah, that's my story. 
that's that's really about it. I mean, there's you would have thought with how famous Annabelle is, there would have been a lot more to the story. Like but I was talking about earlier, she's she is definitely not the most famous by in large the most famous case that the Warrens ever did. It's just people love haunted dolls, and those movies fixated on her. Oh yeah, and if they didn't really fixate on the real her, they fixated on the creepy ventriloquist ass looking dummy that they put in the movie. So. But they just they just hyper focused on Annabelle, and now everybody thinks of Annabelle I'm like, oh, she's the most haunted. There's so many dolls that are way worse, and have much more history and everything than she does because she only has she has a very small case, mm-hmm. and then she spent the rest of her life locked up in a case. You know, it's not like Robert to where it was over 118 years of incidents. It's it is what it is. It's just like I said, stuff gets famous. It's like Winchester House. It got Fucking, it is one of the most haunted places ever, and not discrediting Annabelle being haunted. I'm just saying she is by far one of the smaller Warren cases, but has the most well-known problem because of that. Yeah, and I mean, the side effect of that being just all of the lies, speculation, ignorance, people not doing adequate research. And I don't claim to do the best research myself. Like, I, I do the best I can to make sure that I, I, I hope that I'm accurately telling the story. And like I've said, if you have any corrections or anything or any extra information you'd like to share, anything you'd like me to check out on any story I ever tell, uh, email us at United States paranormal at gmail.com. And I would love to hear it because I am not here to, the true stories are far more interesting than what gets dramatized for the sake of entertainment. So yeah. please let, uh, let me know where I can find more information about it. And, Maybe one day in the future we'll get to bring up corrections or bring up some addendums to some of these stories that we can share interesting stuff that you guys helped us discover. With that, once again, this we're in the midst of Dolltober. We've got some fantastic limited edition merch we're putting out this month. Logan is currently wearing our uh, Dolltober t-shirt. It's got a doll on it and a pumpkin. Yeah. It's really badass. The color is labeled Oxblood, and it's a really dope reddish brown. Yeah. Uh, so what making merch is opened my eyes up to a lot of colors that I never knew that I would wear or like to wear. Like my toast orange oh, shirt. Yeah. Love it. My Oxblood shirt. Love it. Just really good shirts at www.theunitedstatesofparanormal.com. Slash merch. Slash merch. Or you just go to .com and click on the merch option. Yeah. Get them up. We've got great designs. All of our Daltober and Poor Brothers Brewery uh, Crypto Treater shirts are going to be gone at the end of October. So if you want them, snag them while you can. Great designs. That's actually what our socials right now, all of our profile pictures are the Daltober design. Yep. Which I'm... reminds us, hit up our socials. Get us a Facebook. We're on the Twitters. We're on the Instagrams, or as the hip kids like to call it, the Insta. Yep. We have a TikTok that we never use. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> one um, day one day we'll start putting stuff up on the TikTok. But we uh we said it earlier, we'll say it again. On the 29th, we will be at Poor Brothers Brewery in Beaumont, Texas at seven o'clock with our second live show. It's gonna be a dope event. Make sure you get out there. We'll have, like I said, we'll have limited edition stuff out there too. So make sure you're if you're local or if you want to make a trip. When was that? The 29th. Of October. Or come hang out with us on the 13th at uh, Poor Brothers as well when we go to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We've got other things we're doing. I mean, but I mean, 
it will uh, we'll, we'll fill you all out with the uh, events and stuff on the socials uh just also hit us up on any of the mm-hmm. platforms if you just want to if you got a suggestion a story you want to tell uh you want to say you just want to be like hey fuck you guys you know we'll, we just like hearing from y'all i don't think you guys understand how much we like hearing from fans uh or not fans i mean we just like to talk to people we're lonely we're tired of talking <laughs> to each other i mean i don't want to talk to alicia anymore you wanted to <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh like i said all she ever wants to talk about is her pog collection <laughs> who the fuck collects pogs anymore who collected pogs back then i never collected pogs i never had pogs Closest thing to pogs is i collected pokemon marbles at one point that's just because there's pokemon on them but yeah this has been the united states of paranormal logan hey it's been matt Bose. Remember, don't invite things to possess things because it's just going to end up being mean to Lou. Keep it spooky. To support other Golden Mojo Entertainment productions, check out Golden Image Podcast, The Call Guys, and Murd Nerds wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. To see photos and find new episodes of the United States of Paranormal, follow us on our social media, Twitter, at T-U-S-O-P-P-O-D or Instagram at the United States of Paranormal and Facebook, the United States of Paranormal. If you have a place that you'd like us to look into or would like to share your spooky story that we can read on the air, please email us at the United States of Paranormal at gmail.com.